are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast edition here on Westwood One. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. And we would love it if you would join us. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And our podcast each day is powered by CRTV. Speaking of which, gentlemen, we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Do you want to give anybody a preview of what's coming up? Todd. Well, uh, oh, there's a lot of conversation as is uh, coming down the pike here in a few seconds uh, about Brett Kavanaugh, but we also had a uh, interesting moment of progressive journalists commenting on progressive journalism uh, and kind of a, a moment of rare... Yeah, the game we play, uh, even we're ashamed uh, by the standard (laughs) that uh, was just met on this one. Um, But uh, basically, they moved on uh, pretty quick as something they don't plan on fixing in any way, shape, or form. Aaron? Yeah, and then right after that, uh, this is for our subscribers only. We saw the future of the Democratic Party. and it is in the form. It's it's we sound we saw the future of the messaging of the Democratic Party, and it is actually in the form of the oft maligned, although maligned is not the right word. Oft made fun of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She hovered around what will be a, a message that you think, Steve. Well, I'll just leave it at that. It is um, it's frightening, so you don't want to miss it. Well, that's a good tease. CRTV.com is the promo is where you can go to watch today's show. Use my name as a promo code, DACE, D-E-A-C-E, and you'll get a discounted subscription. That'll give you access to not just my show, but to every show on CRTV, the great one, Mark Levin, uh, all the way on down uh, to us at the very bottom of the CRTV food chain. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Jim Antle of the Washington Examiner is going to join us here on the podcast to get the latest on the Brett Kavanaugh story in just a few minutes. But first, let me ask you a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning? Well, let me tell you. Uh, I was recently doing a speaking engagement out west, and the first hotel we stayed in had one of those floppy beds. And man, as I get older, my hip flexor is like, if you sleep too long in this thing, we're not going to walk tomorrow. <laughs> and so I found myself like every 15, 20 minutes, I, my body clock was literally waking me up to turn over from my side onto my belly, onto my back to avoid that weak floppy bed in this hotel aggravating my hip flexor. And if you know what I'm talking about, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. 
The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds and wheelchairs. And then, just a few years ago, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. The Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It's not like the memory foam you're used to. The Purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling very comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it helps you to sleep cool. You can try it now. 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund, backed by a 10-year warranty, though, if you decide to stick with it. That's how confident they are in this product. They will back it with a 10-year warranty. Free shipping on returns if you want to give it back. You're going to love Purple. And right now, our listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just go to purple.com, use my promo code Steve at checkout. That's purple.com, Steve. The only way to get this free pillow is to use my code Steve at checkout. Purple.com, promo code Steve. And we're joined now by Jim Antle from the Washington Examiner. He covers politics and other matters for them. And he's our guest here today on Westwood One on the Steve Day Show podcast. Jim, it's good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So this was going to be a totally, well, I wouldn't say totally, but a but a different probably conversation 72 hours ago. But right. now the circumstances around the Brett Kavanaugh story, as the young kids say today, stuff got real. All right. So mm-hmm. the accusers come forward. Uh, there was a uh, an account in the Washington Post. And and I don't know how much of this I, my head is on a swivel right now. So I want to make sure, you know, we are taping this at about 320 Eastern time. And if I if, if my normally correct but not, in, you know, not, uh, uh, you know, perfect photographic memory has the has the trail of evidence here's where we're at um she passed a polygraph she claims gave a story to the washington post however some other accounts differ with some of the details that are in the washington post story drudge is claiming that her students hate her and it was a totally different professor brown than the one drudge claimed because this was she's a professor at stanford uh some of the conservative blogosphere has discovered that uh brett kavanaugh's mother was the presiding judge in an unfavorable foreclosure hearing with her mom and dad and maybe that's some of her motivation here, Diane Feinstein, who set on these allegations for weeks, uh, and now uh, Senator Grassley, head of the Judiciary Committee, says that she will not uh, cooperate uh, in terms of uh, coming to some form of closure on this. Let's see if we can cut through some of the clutter, Jim. Uh, why yeah. not just issue the accuser, who's outed herself now, why not mm-hmm. just have the Judiciary Committee issue her a subpoena, and if she doesn't want to testify then that's your answer and move on. And if she does, see if her claims hold up to scrutiny. If I was Brett Kavanaugh, I wouldn't want this hanging over my head for a 30-year Supreme Court career. So why not just issue her a subpoena and say, hey, ball's in your court. Make a call. Why not? I think politics is the big reason why they're hesitant to do that. Uh, I think what they would like to try to do is call her in for some kind of a private hearing or even a private 
telephone call, a conference call, and have her give her details and her side of the story that way. And the reason I think Republicans want to do that is because they are fearful of what it will look like if they are cross-examining a woman who is accusing someone of sexual misconduct. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was a big thing in the Clarence Thomas Anita Hill hearing. So there were a couple of Republican senators, most notably Arlen Specter, who faced a, that was a really big issue in the, in the campaign against him the next year was his cross-examination of Anita Hill. Uh, Warren Hatch is still there. So I think they don't like the optics of that. Uh, but the Democrats would like if, it to be a public hearing, uh, which would give them an opportunity to, to grandstand a bit and just also would probably not look as good for Republicans to be asking skeptical questions, a bunch of old white men asking th- this woman uh, questions about whether she's telling the truth or not uh, in her recollections about Brett Kavanaugh. Since this story first emerged, what was it, Friday morning, I think, was when we first heard about this anonymous letter. Since Friday morning, how Mm -hmm. has this story evolved in ways that are surprising to you, if at all? I don't know that it's necessarily surprising, but the the most surprising thing to me is is why Senator Dianne Feinstein sat on this. I don't quite understand it, whether she deliberately wanted this to be an 11th hour thing, whether she didn't think that the allegations were strong enough, and or, or whether she was trying to protect the, the anonymity of the accuser. It, it doesn't None of that really totally adds up uh, as to, to what happened here. But in the beginning, we had a, a situation where you had a totally unvetted, anonymous claim. And I think until you can attach some details to it and put a name to the accusations, uh, it's really hard for anybody to, to prove a negative, and it's really hard for people to make any determination as to what the truth is. And I, it was, in, in the beginning of the process, uh, pretty unfair, I think, to Brett Kavanaugh. However, now we do have a name, we do have some details, and we do have at least some supporting materials, if not anything that's quite definitive, certainly at least some things that suggest that she's talked about these allegations before, uh, that they weren't simply something that uh, she started talking about for the first time when Kavanaugh was facing Senate confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court. Uh, But uh, nothing particularly contemporaneous yet has emerged either. So it's kind of a, a, a dicey situation where certainly I don't think her charges can be dismissed out of hand, but there's also nothing that really definitively proves them to the extent that you can even definitively prove things uh, from 35 or such years ago. Has there been a moment on both sides of this, Jim, where you've looked at this from um, the accusation and the defense standpoint and you thought that's that's probably not the right play or I would not have gone there or that's not a good look? Have we seen that out of both sides yet or not? I mean, I think you've seen a little bit. I mean, first of all, a lot of Kavanaugh's opponents have clearly decided to accept this accusation as fact, and they were accepting the accusation as fact before uh, we knew the identity of the accuser or really any of the of the details. Uh, and, you know, I, I think politically most of them will get away with that because that they, they are on the side of, of history, I suppose. But the Republicans, I think, for the most part, haven't played it too terribly. They're not as skillful as the Democrats are. I have seen some uh, trying to be go after 
the accuser and being kind of ham-fisted about it, you know, getting the wrong woman when trying to find the students that supposedly don't like her and, uh, you know, making some claims about what is, why would she be drunk at a party and, and, and things like that, which are, you know, I, I don't think particularly helpful. But most of these people so far have been in a, a peanut gallery. I think there was uh, John Cornyn retweeted somebody who was making fun of the accusations on Friday, which uh, doesn't look as good now after the, the Washington Post story, spelling them out a little bit more and, and giving some of the supporting materials. Uh, but, you know, so far, I, I think Republicans have, have not overreached too much in terms of saying, oh, this is there's nothing to see here. They have at least uh, given some ground in terms of saying that they want to hear from her, uh, and they want to hear her side of the story, and the president himself, uh, who I think was always the person you have the most risk of, of, of saying something uh, that's going to offend people, uh, you know, was pretty restrained in his reaction. I mean, he, he spoke favorably about Kavanaugh and reiterated his support for him, but also said that the, if it took a little bit of a delay uh, for us to hear from the accuser, then, then we should take a little bit of a delay. Jim Antle from the Washington Examiner, our guest here today on the Steve Day Show podcast on Westwood One. You know, Jim, one of the things we have talked on our show about uh, over the last few months is, you know, with social media, there is a benefit and a trade-off. Uh, right. as, as a freedom guy, I'm into I, I'm I'm in in supportive of just about any modern technological device or advancement that takes the dissemination of information out of the hands of oligarchs, elites, or the self-appointed uh, gatekeepers of the Overton window and, and right. puts it out there to, to, be, to compete for public consumption, okay? But there's a trade-off to that. And the trade-off to that is we used to be able to deny the stuff about one another we didn't want to have to admit or ourselves or acknowledge – but since every right. with social media now, everybody's everybody's biases, everything is out in the open. And so, how do you? And this is something we we we're we're going to talk about in general on the podcast today too. Once we're done talking to you, just on our trying to navigate this here, me, Todd, and Aaron, the guys who do this show. How do you sit there on one hand and Keith Ellison's um, accusations? You totally ignore those and have no problem with him being mm-hmm. the next attorney general of Minnesota, but yet you're mm-hmm. going to jump all over Brett Kavanaugh or Roy Moore. And I I'm, I know you don't agree with me that the situations are analogous, but OK. Mm-hmm. Um, or vice versa. How do you jump all over Keith Ellison, but ignore everything else? How, how is Anita Hill not credible? Juanita Broderick and Kathleen Willie are and vice versa. Right. And I think right. everybody's. Everybody's tone deafness and lack of self-awareness is on parade every day on social media. And I think we don't know how to figure out where do we come to any truth or clarity on these things. And that's why I asked you about just issue her a subpoena. That's why a year ago with the Roy Moore thing, what I suggested was have the state attorney general of Alabama look at the yearbook caption that was the one aside from eyewitness allegations that was that was the or, or victim allegations that was the one independent corroborating evidence roy denied he ever even signed that have the state attorney right. general get under under oath handwriting experts and if that's roy's signature his defense blows up and if it's not their their accusation the, the worst ac- accusers accusation blows up instead of going back and forth and which tribes right and which tribes wrong why why don't we look for devices where we can come to clarity? If she doesn't want to confront him under oath, then let's stop wasting our time and move on. 
Oh, I think that's substantially right. I, I think there are situations where there is more evidence and less evidence. But in a lot of these types of cases, uh, there's sufficient deniability on both sides, because let's face it, most of our interpersonal interactions are really not that thoroughly documented. I mean, that may be mm-hmm. less of the case today with text messaging and every, everything else. There, there may actually now be more real-time documentation of things that are going on between people than there were in the 70s and 80s. But it, it, the, the plain fact is, you know, what you have to go on in a lot of these cases is simply, do you find the people credible or not? And do you find the people who claim to have heard contemporaneously uh, the accusers talking about the allegations? Uh, do you find the uh, denials of the accused credible? And a lot of times, you're right, the tiebreaker in that situation is, is this person a member of my tribe? Do they align with my politics? Would it be good or bad for my politics if this person is vindicated or if this person is uh, found guilty uh, in, in the court of public opinion, if not uh, in the court of law? So that that definitely is a real problem. Um, I don't think all of these cases are exactly created equal, but the problem that exists, the, the, the legitimate problem that exists is there's a lot of gaps in knowledge about things that are not mm-hmm. really thoroughly well documented. And we, the, the, the less legitimate problem is we tend to fill those gaps with our politics. One thing I've, I've seen people on the right say that I agree with is – we we can't allow the other side to establish the precedent that every accusation of a Republican or a conservative means you're guilty and we cut and run. I totally agree with that. Right. On the other hand, you also don't want to you know uh, you don't you also don't want to become a tribalist where you're covering up where there could be potential malfeasance, which is again why I think the best antidote here to tribalism is not tribalism. It's clarity. If call their bluff and say, Hey, if this is true, let's do this. Turn on the cameras. Everything's on every cable news network. Everybody watches on their phone. You know, we, we did this. I don't know how old you are. I'm 45. So I kind of remember the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas thing. I was in the college Republicans at that time, but that was 25 years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but you know, that was kind of the early age of, of, of cable news and CNN back in those days. And everybody watched and you saw Clarence Thomas and his testimony and, and he was cross-examined. You saw Anita Hills and hers and, you know, for the most part, except for a few partisans on either side, the country, uh, got a, a chance to see each side give their variation. And since Clarence Thomas says whether you agree with his opinions or not, he has served with honor as a justice. The country has moved on and had some form of closure. Why? I think that's our, our side, I think, ought to be pushing more in bluff calling rather than uh, trying to fight the, the left uh, on with the Linsky tactics that they're always going to be better at than us anyway. Right. No, I, I think that's true. And I think it's likely that some kind of hearing is going to take place. If Senate Republicans are trying to resist the idea of it being in public because they, one, they didn't like the spectacle that occurred uh, during the regular Kavanaugh confirmation hearings where there were frequent protests and interruptions and a lot of pageantry by uh, Democrats on the committee who hope to run for the presidential nomination in 2020. And, you know, not mentioning any names, Cory Booker. But yes, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, sure. Kamala Harris. And, uh, you know, 
Spartacus and, 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 and the rest of it. But, you know, if you do hearken back to the uh, Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill hearings, and there are actually some of the Republicans uh, are still around from that. I don't think too many of the Democrats are, uh, at least on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, I, there was the perception uh, going into an election year that was the, the first year of the woman. Uh, a lot of those candidates, Democratic candidates, used uh, Republican disbelief in Anita Hill and skepticism about her allegations and the degree to which they cross-examined her in the Judiciary Committee hearings to rally voters to their side. And, and with an election not being a, a year away, as was the case with Thomas Hill, but weeks away uh, this year, I think Republicans are a little bit nervous about that. But, you know, you're right. If, if you're tr really trying to get to the bottom of what happened as opposed to trying to put the most favorable political spin on it for your side, some form of hearings, some kind of publicity and transparency, I think, is, is called for. So you're there in D.C. What... Read the tea leaves for us, Jim, before we let you go. Where do you think this goes? What's the next 72 hours? Because the last 72 hours totally altered the conversation you and I were originally going to have this afternoon. So what could the, right. what could the next 72 hours have in store? I think the real key will still be people like Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. Do they hear anything that makes them unwilling to vote to confirm Kavanaugh? If the Republicans have the 51 votes, I think they will try to push forward and try to push forward before the midterm elections. If new information comes to light, uh, you know, Kavanaugh has, has denied being at this party. Does some, something contradict that? That's a potentially falsifiable claim. Uh, do other women come forward? You know, it tends to be the case that men who, who do these sorts of things don't really do them as a one-off. Uh, it, it's a pattern of behavior over time. So does, does anybody else accuse him of anything, either uh, from this time period or, or later on? Uh, you know, is there anything in his testimony uh, or anything in public statements that he makes, barring any testimony actually occurring in the next 72 hours? Is there anything that he says or that she says that alters public opinion on this in any way that would uh, take them away from having 51 votes? And, and, you know, it's unfortunate that it's really more about raw political power, but I think if the 51 votes are there, uh, they'll try to push him through. Uh, if they start to look like they don't have those 51 votes, uh, I think Republicans are, might go to the White House and say, look, uh, Mr. President, we've got a problem here. Hmm. And remember, um, you know, I, I was told by people in the White House that Trump was all set to nominate Amy Barrett and then the last three days changed his mind because his political team told him that would be an ideological war he doesn't have time for. Kavanaugh will sail through. And this thing will all be done uh, by October 1 at the latest, and we can all go home and campaign. So I'm sure you guys were probably told over there the exact same yeah. thing, and here yeah. we are. So Sometimes you got to go with your gut. Yep, sometimes you do. Yeah. Jim Annell, thanks for joining us today from the Washington Examiner. We appreciate it, Jim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, take care. All right, so that was our conversation with Jim Antle. Let's uh, bring Todd and Aaron in, into the conversation. And... Um, Originally, we were going to discuss the fact that Jim thought this story was different from my comparing this to Roy Moore because 
Kavanaugh's accuser had not come forward and Roy Moore's did. But then Kavanaugh's accuser came forward and that changed the whole point of even arguing that point. Uh, and now it's more of a big picture of where this story goes from here. Where do you what do you think the next 72 hours are like, Todd? What do you think? Uh, well, in, unless there is some huge corroborating evidence or discounting evidence, this is going uh, to continue to build and forget just the next 72 hours. This is going to be the bed that the Democrats make in terms. It's basically going to be their 2018 uh, election uh, campaign. And this to them, we, we've seen this toggle back and forth, back and forth. You talked about Anita Hill. Nothing's new here in terms of confirmations. Um, in, in general, fighting for Supreme Court justices. What this is, is the response to Merrick Garland and pushing it past uh, the presidential election. Here they are simply, okay, now it's our turn. Um, and uh, I said last week uh, that combine that with uh, Feinstein um, not buying um, uh, green bananas anymore. You know, she's deciding that this is uh, going to be her last uh, hill to die on. I, I, I don't I expect that whether they can connect the dots logically on whether that's a good play, whether the American people have an appetite for this or not, uh, pro the progressive appetite is to fight this Me Too fight at every front possible, and I think they're going to do it. I love your analysis there, that this is revenge for Merrick Garland. Uh, essentially just run out the clock because you wouldn't have time to replace this nomination uh, and, and go through a thorough vetting process uh, between now and the election, and Democrats may get control of the Senate, and that changes things. So then isn't it even more of a reason to follow what I suggested, and that is by the time they close business today, which you know it's serious in the U.S. Senate when we're recording this at 3.40 Eastern and they're still working, okay? <laughs> and that's not even, I wasn't even joking. No, it's true. I mean, I didn't even, I didn't, did, did I even have a, did I give you a wink? Did I have a nope. tongue in cheek when I said that? Nope. No, I mean, I'm, I was just, I mean, that's I'm a fact. I'm laughing on the outside. I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know it's for real. When it's 3.40 Eastern and, and they're still working in the U.S. Senate, right? They haven't adjourned for the day. So um, if if what you're saying is true, and I love that analysis, isn't it even more reason to just sit there? If you're Charles Grassley, just Charles Grassley from our backyard, say enough. We're subpoenaing, we're going to issue a subpoena right now to Professor Ford. She has 48 hours to appear. We'll, you know, we'll send the plane. It's on our dime. She's got 48 hours to appear. If she chooses not to, we're voting on Thursday like we had already planned. And if she does, we'll put her under oath and see if her testimony stands up under scrutiny and come to finality. Because I'm telling you, Susan Collins is already tweeting out, well, maybe she should, maybe Brett Kavanaugh should testify under oath about this. She, she was just tweeting that out as I was talking to Jim Antle. Jeff Flake is all like, well, you know, I, I think we shouldn't be in any hurry here. We know what Lisa. We know what Lisa Murkowski is. She's a Democrat. She's not even. A, she is a literal rhino. Well, you you only need to lose three or two, and you just lost. That's three people right there. Right. The longer this goes, the more likely that the strategy you're talking about yeah. of run out the clock is going to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but our guest was right. They are definitely worried about the optics, regardless of who's 
guilty or innocent about putting a woman on the stand um and uh so to speak and 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 what that makes uh them look like but you know what they're also worried about look at all the people that we've found out recently who have uh considerable skeletons uh in their closet and that's what we know these guys they know a lot more than we do about the people up in dc and who's got a honey on the side and all of that stuff and you know what regardless regardless of what anybody's saying about kavanaugh uh vetting kavanaugh but i bet they also are wondering um it, it this this may very well be true it's it, i i just think they know so much about the underbelly of washington dc that they just kind of try to march through on a regular basis or that they're complicit in I just don't think they have the courage to do do that because of all of that psychological baggage that's swimming around them. Well, Aaron won't remember this, but remember after the Clinton impeachment, and then we found out New Ging about what happened with yeah. New Gingrich, yeah. and then his replacement as Speaker Bob Livingston yeah, yeah. had to resign. Yes, is that sort of what you're yeah, alluding to as well? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The last thing they want to be is caught on camera pontificating about this topic when they are, of course, part of an august body with a sexual assault victim slush fund which means at, at least one person on that committee is if they've given the odds are yeah. likely implicated in something in their own personal oh, life yeah. is well, that what you're saying they're thinking about you know some of them are acting what some you know a 17 year old drunken groping i i see you and raise you half the people i know in washington dc that's what they're thinking what do you think Aaron? yeah i think over the next 72 hours um this is going to be Akin to, you know, a little kid um, when they're told to do something they don't want to do, um, just doing things in slow motion or not doing anything at all. I think that's going to be um, the play of um, some who are who are acting like they're on the fence about Kavanaugh, um, because I think I think the people like the Flakes and the Murkowskis and the Collins of the world. I, I think they, even them, I think they would let personal disdain of Donald Trump, I think they would let that be enough of a reason for them to just kind of stick the middle finger up. I don't think there's any question about that, especially uh, where Flake is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Especially where Flake is concerned. Um, at, at Donald, no matter who the nominee would be, even if it's somebody who's a squish like them or a progressive like them, not saying Kavanaugh is a progressive, but definitely a squish. Um so I think I think things are going to kind of move in slow motion unless there's somebody, um, you know, in the conservative sphere, right of center, Republican sphere who can actually dig up something that's substantive. That's not like, oh, this teacher got t- terrible marks from your students. That wasn't actually the right person um, unless something big can be dug up like in the next 24 hours. I think you get me eventually we're going to creep towards a hearing, a testimony with Kavanaugh, and then we'll creep forward maybe a night, the next. I think things are going to go very, very slowly right now, which is exactly the way the left wants it to go. Um, so, you know, it, as far as ascertaining the truth, there's so much tribalism, as we just got done discussing with Jim Antle, and... Um, as I brought up on the TV show as well, I'm just not, what, really, what good is the truth when nobody wants it? 
That's, I mean, it's, it's true though. I mean, if we found out, if we found out in five minutes that, um, that unequivocally Brett Kavanaugh has an alibi or something from 35 years ago that he did not do this, the same people who already didn't want him, um, but who doubled down after this are still not going to want him mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. Uh, and they'll still probably believe that he's a piece, you know, POS. So it's just not. It's one thing when the truth is very hard to ascertain or unascertainable, which is a word I just made up. It's a totally different thing with uh, when once you under, once you ascertain that truth, uh, whether or not it matters, when it, whether or not anybody cares. I agree with everything you just said. My dilemma is, even though I agree with it. I am just wired. I think it's just the way God made me. I'm dead serious. I I, I am wired to go for the truth. I, I I just I've tried to acknowledge it's unattainable, and like the my internal wiring mechanism refuses. I hate. I'm going full blown, full born Lady Gaga here. I was born this way. I, I, I can't abide what Aaron just said, even though I agree with every word of it. So let me tell you what that looks like. Here's where my mind went at the tail end of your comments, Aaron. My mind went to double down on calling their bluff and tell them, you know what? If this guy doesn't get confirmed, he's still on the federal court. He's still a federal judge. And we're going to not confirm him for the U.S. Supreme Court on the grounds that you think that there's that he sexually assaulted somebody when he was 17. Then, I mean, I want you guys to file ethics charges and everything, have him removed from the federal bench. Let's go all the way with this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the way my mind works as if, 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 see, it's like it says in my Twitter bio. I originally got into this line of work to slay progressivism. And then I found something I disdain even more than that. Your BS. Your horse, Pucky. I, 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 I hate it. I hate it with the heat of a thousand suns. I mean, I hate it. I hate it the way the prophets of old hated idols to bail. I, I just hate it. Hate it. Hate it. So I'd be all like, you know what? Come back to me when you guys are filing ethics charges to have him removed from the federal bench. Because whether he has 51 votes or not here in a week, he's still a federal judge. You you don't want somebody on the federal bench, right? That is guilty of, of of a sexual assault. So put on your big boy britches here. Let's go. You want to? You guys? Hey, want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. You want to play poker? Let's go all in. Let's play. Why all this pussy footing around? Because <laughs> um, because they're the word you just said. <laughs> That's front why holes. they're front holes. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. We know that about them. For those of you in our audience, these are the things you should be demanding. You don't have to settle for this. See, the best way to get the left, let's assume Kavanaugh's not guilty. We don't know that, by the way. Tell me what is a more plausible scenario. Forget names. Let me just play out two situations. What is more plausible that a teenage boy in rural Alabama got admitted to West Point, one of the elite institutions on planet Earth? 
finished and graduated with honors, then went to Vietnam, where he earned several battlefield accommodations. Eventually, he would marry a single mom, raise that child as his own, remain faithful to that woman until this day, and has never even had a speeding ticket or anything of any, any criminal or ethics charge whatsoever. But in between these two periods of his life, for about four to five years, he was the Matthew McConaughey character from Dazed and Confused. But there's nothing before this moment and after this moment to indicate this was a pattern of behavior problem for him. All the allegations brought up against him are over 40 years old. Or almost 40 years old. And the one piece of corroborating evidence is admitted by the person who offered the evidence that she doctored it, but actually lied to us for two months about doctoring it before coming clean at the very end of the... That's one scenario. The other scenario is that a guy that was, when he was 17 years old and already admits to being a drunken partier at that age, like I was and a lot of people were at that age, was at a party, alone with a woman, everybody's drunk, what's the line of consent and who can even remember the details, and... She thinks he's holding her down. He thinks she really wants it until a buddy comes in and who's maybe a little, who's a little less drunk and says, hey, bro, you understand you're about to make a bad life choice here. Now, you tell me what you think is the more likely, plausible, just forget names and everything else. What is the common sense tell you? What do you think is more likely true? I s- said it today uh, on the um television podcast the the roy moore story is a much 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 weirder narrative with way more moving parts and less common experience the latter is something that again it's not a value judgment but it happens all the time now again let me state this We are not vouching for Roy Moore's innocence. I never have. I turned down how many appearances on national TV to defend him. I took none of them. We all agreed that the defense he offered himself on Hannity was dreadful. Todd, you said you wouldn't have voted for him. Aaron actually grew to... he so dis- was disgusted by the way he defended himself yeah. that literally over the course of this time, Aaron went from borderline admiring the guy to borderline hating him. Do I have that right? Correct. Okay. And I said at the end, I, I, I disagreed not with our Daniel, but with David Horowitz, who said, it doesn't matter if this stuff is true. We need that Senate seat so bad we still have to vote for him. And I came on the air that day and said, uh, no, you cannot vote for a guy if you believe that stuff is true. By the way, and Roy doesn't give you the that that didn't give you that acknowledgement anyway, because he kind of made the same defense Brett Kavanaugh made, which is it's all or nothing, right? Okay, so this is not to vouch for his innocence. We don't know what happened there, and we don't know what happened here. Okay, we're just we would like to know, and we think we think there's still enough of you that would like to know, and chances are, if you don't want to know, you probably gave up listening onto this show a long time ago. If you're not interested in truth on any level. So let me give you some good truth here. And this is strategic truth. The best antidote, if you believe the left is just doing this to target, quote unquote, our guys. Now, I don't believe Brett Kavanaugh is one of my guys. But for the sake of the binary argument we're having right now, I'll just grant it. Okay. Let me tell you what won't stop them. 
my tribalism versus your tribalism will not stop them. Having Drudge run fake news headlines at this college professors hated by her fellow student by her students, and it's not even the right one, that will embolden them. They live in the Ilinsky world. They live in the moral relativistic world. They live in the post-truth world. You are not going to out-fake news them. You're not going to out-whine. You're not going to out-emote. You're not going to out-tribal them. It's their natural freaking habitat. It's the air that they breathe. You're not going to out-piranha a piranha. He's the piranha. That's what he does. Okay? The best thing to do is call their bluff. You need to set the example that they're going to have to defend their accusations then. That's what you need to do. That's why Roy Moore should have said to the Attorney General of Alabama, take that yearbook, subpoena it, and have it examined by people that you already have registered with the state Supreme Court of Alabama as authenticity experts. And let's get on with it then. Because if I'm lying about that, likely I'm lying about everything else then. Let's move on. Similarly, subpoena her right now and say, let's do this. Bring it. Bring it on. Let's go. Say to Cory Booker, hey, you want a grandstand? Here's a great grandstanding opportunity. File ethics and impeachment charges against Brett Kavanaugh as a federal judge. Because if, if these are the kinds of charges that don't make him morally worthy of sitting on the U.S. Supreme Court, he shouldn't be anywhere on a federal bench then, right? Do, we wanna, do, you, do you want someone who sexually assaulted, and don't, and don't give me he was a kid. I've seen some of our fellow conservatives making that argument. That's a stupid argument. Don't tell me you're a law and order conservative and then act as if a 17-year-old didn't know. Aaron, you were hermetically sealed homeschool kid. Mm-hmm. You've never seen Rudy, but you know what freaking year the cat is. No, you got it. Right? How many, like, sex slangs and guy slangs have we had to explain to Aaron on and off the air the last few years? Because he didn't know. <laughs> did your daddy, did old man McIntyre tell you, hey, when you're 17 years old, don't force a woman's head down and have sex with her? Did you know that? Yeah. I'm All right. Because everybody sure. freaking knows that. And there's not a state in the union that's charging a 17-year-old male of, accused of forcible rape as a minor. I saw one of my buddies today tweet out, isn't this a matter for the juvenile courts? Oh, Come on. God. You're being a clown. You're just being, I'm sorry. I won't name you because I love you, but you're being a clown. There is no state in America, not even Oregon, where euthanasia is legal, where a 17-year-old male accused of forcibly of forcing himself sexually on a female is going to be charged as a minor. Does anybody want to argue with me on that? No. Because it's inarguable. It's as inarguable as freaking gravity. Okay? Why? Well, Steve, how do you know that? Well, the ages of consent are 14 or 15, which means when we get beyond the age of consent, they're not going to try you as a minor, guys. Okay? particularly in this environment. So get rid of that stupid argument. We all agree that if you're not morally qualified, we're not talking you're too conservative, too liberal intellectually. If you are not morally qualified to be on the Supreme Court of the U.S., you shouldn't be on any federal court. Do we all agree? Then call yeah. their bluff. Yeah. Call their bluff and say, tomorrow morning, we expect you to be filing impeachment, removal, and ethics charges against Brett Kavanaugh as a federal judge. Because, by the way, you're going to have to list your evidence. And it's going to have to be cross-examined. So we look forward to it. You want to you stop the left. Let's assume what they're doing here is character assassination because we don't know. It could be. If you put a gun to my head, I would guess that it is. But I don't know that. Do you know that for sure? No. 
And I don't know that Roy Moore is innocent for sure or guilty for sure. We don't know. That's why let's come to points of clarity. To me, the way out of the way out of playing this gotcha game, which we're never going to win because they control all the cultural institutions. We're always going to lose. We're always going to lose. I'm telling you right now, if they don't have a confirmation vote out of the judiciary hearing on Thursday for Brett Kavanaugh, he will not, not he's not getting on the U.S. Supreme Court. That's what I think. Anybody disagree with that? Do nope. you disagree? Uh, I don't disagree. I'm not certain, but I think you're... May, you're I, how about the moment. longer this goes, the odds go down? That's exactly we right. We all agree with that That's to some exactly extent? Right. Okay. All right. So if you're, if, you're, if you're concerned about setting a precedent that they can just do this whenever they want, and I don't blame you for that. The best antidote for this is not fake drudge headlines. The best antidote is to call their bluff. Like when you were five and your mom kept making you clean your room and you didn't like that. And you packed a bag and all your toys. You said, Mom, I'm out of here. And what did your mom say? Have a nice life. He made it about, if you, if you were really, really committed, you might have made it to the end of the street. And then you came back and you're like, Mom, I'm thirsty. Can I have a PB&J? Okay. Call their bluff. Because especially if you're right, Todd, that this is a, a stall tactic, then let's dig into the background of Professor Ford. And let's look at her husband and spend, let's spend five days on Fox News doing that. Oh. They don't care. Yeah, Because you know what's happening the whole time we're doing that? You know what that sound is? Clock is ticking, right? And that's exactly what's going to happen. What, and that's what they want. The clock is ticking. The, the, <laughs> the same party that instead in the Roy Moore case of g being interested in, in a genuine level of justice, uh, instead, more people in this party, uh, in the Republican Party, were actively telling people, you know what, you probably should vote for the Democrat. You think now we're suddenly going to get some principles and cojones on this one? And I give Kavanaugh right now, it is only Monday, uh, this happened over the course uh, of the weekend, but he, he's the one specifically we haven't even talked about yet. Uh, he, if he, forget what, how, we, we're basically talking about everybody like managing his life for him. Mm -hmm. If he pulls a Roy Moore and does not, advocate for himself at some point and pretty quickly he deserves what he gets to yeah yeah because here's the thing too you may think right now i just want to get on the court and get this done but there's a lot more to being a supreme court judge than the position the position's a lot of it but you this is not a position you're not a typical politician here this is this is not a position where you want something like this hanging over your head everywhere you go for your entire career. Especially if you have been as calculating building up to this point as Brett Kavanaugh appears to have been when you look at the way he writes some of his opinions and the like where it's clear he's almost future casting. I mean, what can I say so that I don't you know, blow myself up in a confirmation hearing? I mean, when you have been game planning this out for a while, you don't want to go in there with a scarlet letter, man. And that's why I'm just going to say it one more time. The, if, if, if indeed this is another character assassination attempt by the left, the best antidote to this, the best antidote, antidote to darkness is light. 
The best antidote to lies is the truth, not more lies or more darkness to darkness. Call everybody's bluff. Subpoena her. Tell the Democrats, then we expect for you guys to file to have him removed from the federal bench. Otherwise, what, what are we doing here? She doesn't want to test. She won't come forward and testify. You won't have him removed from the federal bench. You, you guys want a rapist on the, you guys want a, a rapist to be a, on the U.S. On, on the U.S. federal bench? What the hell does it say about you? Start calling people on their BS, man. Call them on their horse pucky instead of playing along with it. And have Chuck Grassley up there. Well, uh, here are our next, our next steps. Meanwhile, tick, 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 tick. Clock is ticking. More times for more more minutes for MSNBC producers to call Jeff Flake and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, right? More times for consultants. More times for other people to come forward and say, well, maybe I maybe I kind of did see Brett Kavanaugh at that party, and now I can't remember. Maybe Brett Kavanaugh was banned from the Georgetown Mall. Then clock is ticking, tick, tick, tick. Three days go by, and the guy running the Georgetown Mall says he was never banned from the mall. But it doesn't matter. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You're playing right into their hands. Final thoughts, Todd and Aaron, go. Yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> I, I have so many uh, conflicting. I, on the one hand, I, I it, this reeks of character assassination. On the other hand, if this is true, I want justice. On the third hand, um, I really hate people who are playing the tribalism game, um, who are saying the exact opposite of what they said um, when Roy Moore was <clears throat> credibly accused. Um, on the other hand... I really don't care because this guy's a squish um, and he's not going to be a vote to overturn Roe. And I'll be happy if he's not, but he's a squish and they're having to crawl over broken glass and shards of their own um, um, shards of their own self-respect. Uh, what's left of it to get this guy on the Supreme Court uh, on the fifth hand. You know, it's football season. So there's always <laughs> there's always a silver lining. I think I might agree with every one of those conflicting and contradictory thoughts. <laughs> Todd. Uh, forget for a second uh, Kavanaugh's actual level of guilt or innocence on what was likely a teenage crime of mini passion. Uh, that being said, th how this is going to be handled, I think we know the answer considering that it was Kavanaugh who was put here instead of Amy Comey Barrett. Um, and and then I think we know, based on the kind of answers that Kavanaugh gave on issues uh, like abortion, uh, which he was no doubt uh, coached to do by all of his handlers, and then he was willingly handled accordingly, I think we know exactly how this is going to go. Don't hold your breath for some kind of moment of truth. That's going to do it for our podcast today here on Westwood One. Don't forget, we love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Back at it again tomorrow. Please leave us a positive review and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher if you have time. Thank you to all of you that have already done so. We appreciate that. Until the next time, John 317. 
is Steve Dace. I like you. 